0: Welcome to episode 68 of Come On You Reds. No, I'm not Devang Desai, but he's not being forgotten. Gareth Wheeler's still with you alongside Mr. Terry Dunfield. I guess that makes you the new Wheeler and I'm the new Devang. Does that make sense? Yeah, that works. I don't have big shoes to step into, but yeah, sad that
1: Devang's not here anymore, but all the best to him and his new job. And it seems like it's been the longest leaving party going ever I've been for drinks four or five times with him and <laughs> I'm going to miss him and uh,
0: all the best to him in Vancouver word has it the, the actual official going away parties this Friday night oh another that, that's one the, that's, that's the my word. double hat trick <laughs> right uh, Devang hopefully will come on and join us on this podcast in the coming weeks but obviously transitioning into a new role moving cross country is a lot to do but the show must go on and we're at such an important part of this Toronto FC season. Just one more game to go, Terry. It's decision day this Sunday. It's going to be broadcast on TSN nationally, south of the border, each and every team in major league soccer playing at the same time, 4 PM Eastern time this Sunday, as the picture will become clear who will play who and who's on the inside and who's on the outside looking in when it comes to playoff spots. We'll get into that in the next segment of the program, but before we look forward, we should take a look back. Uh, at last weekend for Toronto FC. Another game where TFC picks up a result at a very difficult place at Stad Saputo. A 2-2 draw. TFC coming from behind yet again to get a point. We'll start off with your overall thoughts on the match, Terry. We'll banter about that a little bit. Then we'll get into some of the goals and happenings. But a 2-2 result... It's not a bad one because it assures that Montreal can't leapfrog you in the table so it's a positive from that respect but it's going to make things that much more difficult in locking down a first round playoff bye for this team because they weren't able to come away with a win Yeah I think going into the game the
1: most important thing was was the team didn't lose Um, I thought TFC started extremely well I like how they pressed Montreal high I think they were unlucky not to score early on they had a couple of opportunities that came from that high press yeah Cooper went off the post and Javinko Ozo had a good cut back yep. from uh, Morrow who I thought was excellent on the day arguably our man of the match if, if maybe he didn't give that penalty away I like how he took Oduro the other way and Odoro spent more time chasing him rather than sort of getting at our left back. Um, I like how his delivery was good. I thought it was excellent. Um, great cutback for the one we spoke about to Ozo. Also, the Altidore goal. I liked how he didn't try to be too precise with his delivery. He just put it in the box. And when you've got a player like Tador, just put it in the mixer sometimes. He'll make things happen. Uh, I thought Beta had a tough afternoon at right back. We knew going into the game what a handful Piatti was. And I think it started right out of the shoot where Piatti chopped Beta and went past him to the outside. And all of a sudden, Beta was a little bit worried, gave himself a half a yard, I've been there myself, all of a sudden you don't want to get beat, you just drop off a little bit and you can't do that to Piatti in and around the box and he doesn't need an invitation. He stuck it in the top corner.
0: Piatty's is a nightmare for this team. I mean, he's had he's had an incredible season. He's in the MVP conversation at the very least. Like he's been that good over the course of the year for the Montreal Impact. But each and every time these teams play, he's the go-to man. And the one thing that they do, it, they seem to play him even outside more against Toronto FC. Sometimes comes in and can play on the inside. But at that wing position, he just eats Toronto FC alive. Why is that, Terry? Is it just a bad matchup? Is it just one of those things? And you've played different teams over the course of your career or is that there's that one player that has your number what do you think it is I think
1: Biello's quite clever I think he tries to isolate him in one-on-one situations and he's very good Piatti at, at direct sucking players in whether he goes past them or he'll suck a player and then play a one-two around him he's technically so good and as you saw if you give him half a yard that little invitation invita- around the box he, he really can hurt it was you. a
0: very good goal I mean Markey kind of misplayed it a little bit when the ball was played in then one-on-one on Steven without any help on the right-hand side it, it was a good goal for Piatti full, qu- uh, full credit to the Argentine Yeah, talking
1: about Marky as well and uh, when you're struggling a little bit sometimes you go into your shell and, and you start stop talking and, and for me Betasor has to talk to Marky Delgado that player playing ahead of him and possibly try to get a little bit more protection as well I, I think if TFC meet Montreal in the playoffs that that's something Badish world need to do.
0: See, I, I found that the first half kind of went like a lot of these Toronto FC games have, have gone lately. And w- with picking up just the draw on the weekend, they haven't won a game in five matches now a- in their last five. And I mean Michael Bradley said this very well, and, and and I kind of echo his sentiments here. The team plays well in stretches, and there's some positives to build off of, but the, the, the fin the finish, the end result. Isn't there So is there enough there That you can look at And say You know what We're going to come out Of this game Feeling really positive About it You've been in the In the dressing rooms Before You're coming out of that Saying man We didn't win another game Yeah I think a
1: good example Of that is When we score And we're going through a good spell And then all of a sudden mentally we switch off and we concede way too easily a lot of the goals we've been conceding in the last five games have, have almost been schoolboy errors mistakes where we're not teams don't need to work for goals we're gifting teams goals and i think that's an example where you do have the boatload of possession and territory sometimes mentally you just switch off and there's some dangerous players in this leagues so and the mm. last thing they need is to
0: leg up absolutely uh, TFC did get the goal back. I want to point out Justin Morrow because we'll talk about his role in conceding the penalty, but his service has improved in recent weeks, in recent games. He's, uh, he's now picked up a goal and three assists over his last... Six games Really good service In the box to Altidore For his goal And this is a massive positive Because this is an area Of the team That struggled During the early stages Of the season Distribution from the flanks But Justin's just So much more active And involved in the attack He looks very comfortable Terry He does. Undoubtedly our width Comes from our two fullbacks Getting ahead
1: of that Narrow diamond And their delivery Is so important And for me The biggest thing With Morrow is He's not thinking about it He's just putting that ball In the box He's not That split second what do you think Am I going to whip it in? Am I going to hang it up to the back post? All of a sudden, that run's gone at the moment. He's not even thinking about that. And this is what happens with when form is good. And you just put the ball in the box, and, and with El Tador, with late runs from Ozo mm-hmm. there will be players there.
0: Now, here's the negative side of things is that TFC concedes a goal less than five minutes later, back-to-back weeks. Happened against DC. Also happened in this game against Montreal. You don't want that trend to continue when you score a goal. You just can't give it back. And Morrow slipped on the play and he was trying to get back to recover. But he, I don't need to say this. Like He knows better. You just need to get goal side. And it's more about your positioning rather than get a, try to get a foot in on a challenge. Yeah, I think Morrow had a head of steam up in his head a
1: little bit. And, and, and I understand bit. why. Again, yeah. I get it he just set up the goal TFC all of a sudden are back in it and if anything they're going to go on and get the next goal I think Drew Moore's there he's got the cover round there's no need for Morrow to even get involved it was rash the tackle definitely a penalty and at that moment it, once you score it happens way too many times in football just just calm down take a breather get your shape and you know what if some teams, if a team sticks it in the top
0: corner fair dues but, but don't give a team an easy goal. So TFC goes chasing the game, and they do come away with something. This has happened three of the last five games. They've conceded first or had a deficit, and they've come back to get something, which is a positive that this team can come back and find goals. They did it a little bit of a different way with Sebastian Javinko back in the team. I thought he was bright, but especially good when Subasa Endo and Tossett Ricketts came onto the field, and Sebastian dropped back To basically play a true number 10 role, play an attacking midfield position. And I really like the way that he played there, Terry, because you for me it was dropping deep to begin with to get involved, to get away from the Montreal Impact defensive line, but him at that position, if you can get the ball on the feet of your best player, and arguably well, probably the best player in the league, then good things happen, and he set up the goal, like it was his service that set up the goal and I really liked Seba playing that position, he can really play anywhere and I just wonder if that's given an extra thought to the coaching staff of where they can play him and the potential possibilities in terms of team shape and look. Yeah, good point, I thought Donadel and and uh,
1: Patrice Bernier shackled him really well. And then all of a sudden, we dropped a little bit deeper, there were spaces, and he was able to get on the ball. It was a good decision from Vanny. What I like about when Javinko plays in midfield, it gets rickets on the field, as you mentioned. Also, he gets more of the ball. At times when you're up top, he's, he's starved of service a little bit. Also, um, It it gives TFC another option, and uh, at times when teams have parked the bus, especially at BMO, TFC have lacked ideas a little bit and been predictable. So this is something that TFC can do now. They can drop Chavinko back. What I don't, I like like it. I don't know if I I do it from the
0: start of a game, but it's
1: an option, right? What I don't like about, I agree with you again. Um, I wouldn't start that way. Because in that position, he's got more defensive duties. You lose that altidore Jovinko partnership, which has been so good, and teams in this Mm -hmm. league must fear. Um, He's further away from goal. Uh, And you also lose that, you know, that little dart in behind defenses where he gets on to slid through balls. I think you lose that when he plays a little bit deeper. Um, And also, if you start in that position at times, a lot of MLS teams play with defensive midfield players, and it can be a little bit congested in
0: there, and it could be difficult to get a. Okay. Ball. If that being said, I can't see him, Greg, him being Greg Vanny changing the system of this team. I think they really like the four four two, and they're willing to pull the strings and make changes within games to give teams different looks depending on the situation. With that being said. Seba, you're right, he's going to start up front I think that Ricketts, although an absolute asset His third goal of the season already uh, Coming in midway through I think that he's kind of the spark plug, bringing pace off the bench he can be a real impactful player. I think it's difficult at the moment to leave him out right now. I, I don't know where, where do his spot from the start. That's
1: yeah, I, I think that's the interesting one. I think maybe uh, depending on our opponent, you could go with a flat four and play him out wide on the left or the right. But at the See, moment, then who
0: would he, play wide left? That's that's the thing.
1: If he was fit and inform and how to run a games I think Lovitz fits that position well I, I think he's your only player in the squad that gives you natural But this wit. isn't
0: the time of year you can tinker you need to know this is a conversation perhaps for next year and I think that the, ideally this team is set up for more so a 4 3 3 if you have Javinko, Altador, and Ricketts in the team. Like it's it screams that, right? Uh, maybe a little bit, of maybe not a traditional one, but maybe Seba drops in a little bit more. I don't, I'm going to leave that a little bit. Good options to
1: have, though. I agree with you. At this time of the year, I think you don't stray away from what's worked. Um, and, I don't think they'll go away from that. So diamond.
0: what is your preferred midfield for? Because that, that's the biggest question of this team. Will Johnson, by the way, questionable for this weekend's game against the Chicago Fire. He's returning from injury. He might not be able to play. But let's assume that Will's healthy. What's your what's what starting four midfield would you roll with right now, Terry? I'd roll
1: with Ozo at the top of the diamond, Johnson on the left, Delgado on the right, and Bradley and that holding role. Um, I think for Saturday, we'll see the same midfield four of Ozo, Cooper, Delgado, and Bradley. Um, Why I'd go for Johnson over Cooper uh, is Johnson's a real player's player. He's a two-way player. I think technically... and tactically, he fits into the diamond system better than Cooper. I think Cooper's brilliant to watch. Uh, the fans love him. He's great in one-on-one situations. He embraces pressure. He's not done a thing wrong. But I'm just a little bit worried that we spoke about this last game that he could be TFC's Asprilla, where, you know what, you bring in this wildcard player, but and he's brilliant, and this isn't a knock on him, but
0: it's not resulting in three points. See... This is where I'll disagree with you, because uh, each and every week, we crown the top red of the week. And mine would have been Armando Cooper. I think he went off the post, I thought he was influential throughout, I thought he played a very good game in Montreal. I need Armando Cooper in my midfield, and this is why. You're not getting enough... Attacking production from that position He provides the outlet The one player that can do that And it's not Will Johnson he'd replace It's Marky Delgado And I congratulate Marky on his new contract Multi-year contract with the team It's well-deserved 23 starts, 2 goals on the season The future's bright for the young player I'm a big fan of his but when it comes to the here and the now, I think Marky slowed down a little bit over recent weeks. I don't think he's been as sharp as he was early in the season. And that happens to all players, especially young players at the tail end of a season. Armando's coming in fresh. He's a proven player in international football, and he can add something from a, an attacking perspective. For me, he's an automatic. Him and Bradley are automatics right now. Um, also, the way that he plays atop, the, the diamond, he works for me. I think it's just about Will Johnson being fit right now. That's the only question that I have. I love Benoit Rue. I think he's in the mix as well, but he plays the same position as Michael Bradley, so it's very hard for him to get into the team without losing the shape of that diamond. So, for me, Cooper's an automatic in this team. Yeah, good point. Uh, I, first on Delgado, I think he's been, he's extremely
1: consistent. He's yes. a 7 out of 10. He's our James Milner. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him. He keeps the ball moving, one and two touches. I'll be a little bit negative at times I think he's only 21 and as his game starts to grow he'll take more chances he'll start to shoot in and around the box and at times in this sort of last five six games he's had a couple of good opportunities he's snatched out if he can add that to his game as well he'll be a very good midfielder um, My with Cooper I think everything that you say about Cooper how dynamic he is how he can break from midfield how he's good in one-on-one situations I think you get that from Javinko already I don't think you need two players on the pitch. I think Cooper almost takes away from Javinko a little bit. I, I don't. I think he's brilliant. I think he's a great piece. But with Javinko already out there, I don't think you need Cooper, um, especially going into the playoffs. Um, Terry, Terry for, just going on Ozil quickly. Sure. Um, I love Ozo. I think each season since he's been at TFC, he's gotten better and better. Agreed. I think technically he's very gifted. I think he's got great awareness. He's great in those little pockets. I think we found his best position at the top of the diamond. But to play in that number 10 position in the MLS, you need to be more productive. To, to be like a Sassaclashian or a Diaz and you to know what? really control He's not control getting the ball the
0: enough for me. And, and I don't know if he's not finding the space uh, or they're not getting it to him. Uh, Whatever it is, I find that... When he's on the ball, he's very positive, but he's not getting it enough. I agree. I think that'd be a knock on him. He drifts in
1: and out of games a little bit. But one thing he does do, which is very difficult to coach, he gets into some fantastic positions. He does. And uh, to take his game to the next level and to be a true number 10 in this league, which is a difficult position because of... That's where all the best players in the world come to this league And that's where the highest paid players
0: are He
1: needs to be getting more assists and goals
0: I'll give you the final thought for this segment Who's your top red? Who's your man of the match? I'm going to go with... See, it's a
1: strange one. I agree that Cooper was brilliant. I thought he was fantastic. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, our left back, I thought. Justin Morrow, Justin Morrow, just Morrow despite excellent. the penalty? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought Justin Morrow was excellent. I thought going into the game, O'Dora was going to be a huge threat. He'd been excellent in leading games coming up to that game, and he was nullified. I didn't even notice O'Dora out there.
0: You can always share your thoughts with us on Twitter, at WheelerTSN, at Terry Dunfield now. Is, did, you, did you get rid of the underscore? Yeah, I got rid of the underscore.
1: I'm stepping my game, Okay, well done, Terry.
0: Um, That's the first segment of the show. I think we're doing okay without Devang. It's not the same. I know we apologize, but like I said, onwards. Um, In the next segment... We're going to look at decision day in Major League Soccer. We're going to preview uh, TFC against the Chicago Fire this coming Sunday, 4 p.m. at BMO Field. Just a few tickets left uh, remaining. So if it's not you, tell your friends, family to come out for the final match of the season. And we will also build the case for Sebastian Javinko as back-to-back MLS MVP. All that coming up next. Wheeler and Dunfield with you. This is Come On You Reds.
1: This is Nick Haglin and you're listening to "Come On, You Reds." Follow the club on Twitter at Toronto FC and use hashtag TFC Live to follow the action on
0: game days. Welcome back to "Come On, You Reds." Wheeler and Dunfield with you. Are y'all you stretched out now? Yeah, I'm ready good. to go, go on, on. You seven? Reds. <laughs> Uh, it's decision day, a big day across Major League Soccer. TSN uh, for those that are wondering how to take care of all the coverage of the TFC game, of the Vancouver-Portland game, which has playoff uh, implications. And I believe it's Vic Ryder and Christian Jack who will be in studio providing the coverage, at least north of the border. South of the border, they're going out all, well, all out as well, as each and every team plays at the exact same time. It's very much the Premier League style, Terry, so results can't be manipulated. It makes the day that much more grand, bigger and better. I always like this day, each and every year, and the games mean something including for Toronto FC this weekend. So, um, I
1: think the league promote this day really well, and it's exciting uh, to to, to see the outcomes and the permutations. And TFC still have, have a lot to play for. And Chicago, they're hitting a little bit of form. And it won't be an easy game. Chicago have nothing to play for. I say nothing. They're, they're playing for their futures and pride. But
0: at the moment, they're playing with a real freedom. This is the perfect way for TFC to close their season for me. They're playing against the worst team in the league in terms of points accumulated. But a team that is playing better and an Eastern Conference rival that kind of plays that style that you're going to play in the playoffs, and you're playing at home. You're not going anywhere. This sets up perfectly because for me, Terry... You haven't won a game in five. You need to pick up the full three points. You need to go into the playoffs full of confidence. Last year, we saw this team after they clinched, they lost their last their final two games, and they went into Montreal and I just don't think they were on good form. So you need the result and proper form heading into the playoffs. You do,
1: and and there's a little bit of frustration brewing in the camp right now. I think if TFC get an early goal. Um, I, th- I think they could really they could put five or six past this Chicago team. Looking at this Chicago team, I think they've finally found a system. They're now buying in, albeit too late, to, to what the coach is selling. And, and David Akam up on the left hand side, they have arguably one of the best uh, left wingers in the league. He's quick. He, he's dynamic. He's he's a little bit different to Piatti. Uh, He's more direct. He's more pace. I think Betajor needs to take him the other way, mm. and then that battle's going to be crucial. Um, he'll cheat a little bit too, so when Beta does get into those positions, his quality has to be good. Um, and marking a cam, I'd get real tight to him. I wouldn't let him turn. Once he gets ahead of steam up and running at you, he can cause you problems. The Dutch uh, striker who's been playing that number 10 role, Deleu, he he can cause problems. His runs... Uh, sort of from deep, though, with Soniak suspended, he might play up top. I think he's added
0: legs to their team. Yeah, Alvarez, when, when, I look, when I look at this this Chicago team, sorry to cut you off, no. It's they're not perfect, they're not a finished product, they play very sloppy, and they are prone to mistake, but there's much more of a directness to this group, and they're much more dangerous than they were. I That's think, what's key. I,
1: I think they know what they're doing now. I, I think that they bought into the coach's philosophy no one more than Alvarez who's playing on the right hand side he's all left foot when he gets that ball players get into the box he just cuts inside with it and just every time he gets he puts balls like you say more direct gets balls into the box um I think the two fullbacks, Vincent and Kapelhoff, are good. They Again, they don't need an invitation to put balls into the box. They'll get forward and can be a handful. But th- this team obviously has weaknesses. I think their two center halves aren't great. Mm-hmm. There's space down the sides of them. There's space in behind them. They're not the quickest. Also, I think that this Chicago Fire team try to play when they can't. They're almost like posers. They, <laughs> both are midfielders. They'll like show that. for the ball, but they don't really want it. Um, It's almost like a token gesture. And I think if TFC, don't press them initially, but almost invite them to get on the ball and then press them, they could turn over the ball in good
0: areas. I haven't used the word poser in quite some time. (laughs) Well done on that. Basically, this is the bottom line. TFC needs to win. This weekend, for for a number of different reasons, one they need to keep their ch- the, the chance, and it may be a slim chance of coming away with a first round bye. Uh, New York City FC plays Columbus, Columbus this weekend. They're, they're they're favored to win, but if they slip up and pick up a draw, if a TFC if TFC wins, then they go on. To pick up second place in the conference, which I think would be huge, Terry. Avoiding the one and you're done scenario where really anything can happen, where one bad call or a bad card or a bad injury can affect
1: everything. It'd be massive. And, and Columbus, they're a hit and miss team. They're a team I'd much rather be playing Chicago. Uh, Columbus, when they click, they're one of the best teams in the league, as we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dangerous going forward they've got a lot of weapons they're very good on the ball and i think if they get an early goal um you'd really see what this new york team's made out of and i I think
0: columbus will enjoy playing the spoiler role we'll see what happens there um for those that were wondering the first tiebreaker is wins on the season. New York FC, if these two teams finish level on points, n- New York is on 51 now. TFC, a uh, franchise best 50 for the season. We shouldn't f- ignore that fact. If TFC draws and New York City FC loses, then New York City FC would f- still finish second place because they have more wins on the year. So TFC has to win. Okay. Good research. Um, I, I think though that TFC, the the
1: finishing the top two... It, it's not out of the question. It could happen. And uh, it, so there's more win. pressure on New York City right now. I think that's a tougher game than the TFC Chicago game. And
0: that's why I wanted to say, bottom line, you have to win. Now, even if you win in New York City... Uh, New York City wins Then you finish third place Then TFC will play Wednesday or Thursday At BMO Field In the first playoff game ever In franchise history Now there are still Some tickets available Tell your Tell Blue Jays are out now Like (laughs) Get out And experience it It should be Absolutely special It's going to be An occasion this week I simply cannot wait. But I still think there's some confusion what the playoffs look like and what it will mean. So get your tickets now before there's a rush after this weekend for those tickets. So go to torontofc.ca for that. Now, looking at the standings, and the most likely scenario will be that Toronto FC plays Philadelphia in one of those games this week. Philadelphia's on 42 points. They haven't officially clinched for a playoff, but they need like a minor miracle for New England to jump them in the standings. I don't think that that will happen. I think the chances are very remote. That's your most likely scenario. Now, if the Union go on and beat uh the New York Red Bulls this weekend which the game means nothing for New York so or very little for New York so that could happen Terry um, uh, the, the Red Bulls if I think they it's pick a, up difficult a point one. they've got
1: uh, It's Philadelphia there they they've got they'll be tied on if even if they lose a New England win they're tied on uh yes. on wins and but i think they, there's i think there's like a 12 or 13 goal
0: swing but they can overtake the Montreal Impact. That's why I want to bury the New England Revolution. They can't overtake the Montreal Impact. If the Impact go to New England and lose on the weekend and the Philadelphia Union win, then they would jump over the Montreal Impact into fifth place and the Impact would then play Toronto FC in that first round matchup. That's As the game your that voice gets louder. Avoid. Yeah, 100%. If, if you're a TFC yeah. fan this weekend, you're hoping for a TFC win. You're hoping that the Philadelphia Union... B- um. do not win do not beat the Red Bulls and nothing crazy happens because you would want and you would prefer to play the Union in the first round of the playoffs correct?
1: Yeah I think both Montreal the and Philadelphia me. I don't think they'll want to come to BMO I fancy us against them I think our team will be fresher I think this last game in Montreal we had six or seven players away on international duty that's traveling all the way around the world I think we come back with a freshness I think at BMO is it can be an absolute fortress and I think if teams come here in the playoffs and park the bus eventually we're going to score.
0: I get it. I'm just more comfortable if they play Philadelphia than Montreal. It's just the rivalry, the fact that Piatti just has his team's number, the X-Factor and Drogba. We don't know what sort of role he will play from here on out despite the controversy. I would love to avoid Montreal in a one-and-you're-done scenario. And I'm confident the team can beat Philadelphia. I I I really am. So that's kind of what the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Picture going to back to the like. last
1: game against Union, uh, I, I thought we battered them. I thought we hammered them. Another day, I, we play like that nine times out of the ten. The penalty should have been called against Altador. Yeah, wow. and Philly had two chances. Ben Olson came in and after the game with his head down and said, "Look, we absolutely." A curtain, Jim Curtin. Yeah. Gi- sorry, Jim Curtin, and said, "You know what? We we were outplayed on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we've come here, we battled." When asked whether it was a penalty, he just stuck his head down again. Um, It was very honest from him. Uh, And I I think if they come
0: with those negative tactics to to be... I'm with you. um, Philadelphia would be a a good first-round matchup for me. Nothing's a given, but that would be a good first-round matchup. So, uh, DC United this weekend really means very little to them. They can finish... Uh, no higher than fourth. They could drop down to fifth place, but that just means home or away for them. So we'll leave that alone. That's the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Uh, by the way, Terry and I will have the radio call of the TFC game against Chicago. Half an hour pregame, half an hour postgame on TSN 1050 in Toronto. Uh, so make sure that you send in any of your thoughts or questions at WheelerTSN, at, uh, at Terry Dunfield on Twitter. In the Western Conference... I see Dallas has lost Moro Diaz. That's a huge loss for that team awful injury ACL.
1: Too. I think I think as Oof. a footballer that's the worst one you can get as well. Uh, touch wood, fingers crossed for him. You never like to see a player go out like that, but an Achilles is a bad one. Their consolation might, might be a exact-
0: supporters' shield. Um, yeah, they're the still favored, still but Colorado's
1: still- lurking. Yeah, this, it's an awful injury, and. um even now, I wince talking about it. When you rupture your Achilles like that, you are they said eight months, but I think right. you're closer to 12. Ten it's assists on one. the year.
0: He's the man that pulls the strings for that very good team. Uh, Colorado Galaxy already in. Now, this is where things get interesting. Real Salt Lake on 46 State. points. They play Seattle, who are on 45 points. And neither team is assured of spot in the playoffs. So a result means something to both. That's got draw written all over well, it. Well, but if you're the Seattle Sanders and you draw, and both Portland and Sporting Kansas City win, then Seattle finds themselves out on the weekend. And Portland you, go, to, go Vancouver, to Vancouver, don't huh? they? We're Vancouver fighting right now. We'll get to that. Okay. Sporting Kansas City host, um the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, All that separates those four teams And three teams are in There's going to be one team that's out Is two points Salt Lake 46 Sounders 45 Kansas City 44 Timbers 44 Now expect Kansas City to win I have no idea what's going to happen Between Seattle and Real Salt Lake Because that game means something for both And Portland goes to take on a dysfunctional uh, Vancouver Whitecaps team That game will be on TSN as well Um And you hear what's happened between Osted and Morales swearing at one another, getting into it at training this week. That team, the season has not gone the way that they've wanted. They're on 36 points. And Osted basically saying, maybe if you showed something on a Saturday instead of here at training, it's got spicy out there on the West Coast. What's gone on, Terry? It has a little bit. And I think
1: it's out of character for both those players. I know the owner um, and coach Carl Robinson of called out some of the leadership group in Vancouver and said it's not been good enough this year. You guys needed to step up. I think it's a little bit fabricated. I don't think either player wanted to go there. Um, but it's it's too late. It's easy to do it now when there's n- nothing on the line. Um, they, they needed this outburst two months ago. I think Osted has a point. Morales... He, He's been hit and miss this year a little bit. Real mm-hmm. talented player. They've tried him in several different positions, playing deeper, playing in behind. Um, the thing is, I
0: still, I still think Vancouver's a good team. Just haven't got results this year. They need a center forward massively. Yeah. They, they, need a,
1: they need a Shane Long or someone like that. They're talking about maybe spending more money in the offseason and, and bringing in a big PP uh, up I was out told front. that
0: there were on multiple strikers and they just couldn't land the targets that they wanted. And... That that's difficult for a club like that. The injury to Kudo in Charles Chicago. Barnes screams oh.
1: panic signing. No kidding. I, I, I don't think I don't think his knees can play on that turf. I, I know he had knee problems in England. Blas Perez, um, same thing. Blas Perez I know what it's like when you play against a guy that keeps killing you every time you play against him. You thought, you know what, we'll have him on our side and then it just doesn't quite work out. Um, I don't think they're far off. That's the thing. You just don't like to see what's happening. Mane losing him. Sure. I, think, I think that was a blow. Um, and Hurtado... He just can't score He can do everything But score mm-hmm. He gets into some Fantastic positions He's
0: extremely quick um, But but you can't count on him To get into the playoffs So a lot of teams In the Western Conference Are going to be hoping That they get their You know what Together for this weekend's Match against Portland Because they can knock out The reigning MLS Cup champions Just like that And the Cascadia Cup I know it's,
1: it's just Okay it's not as bad As the Trillium Cup But Um that's out for grabs. Vancouver could win that and sure. beat Portland.
0: It, it would be a small win in a frustrating season on the West Coast. So that's basically decision day in a nutshell. Use the hashtag AllSunday. Stay involved online on through the Toronto FC social channels. As well, and TSM will have you covered in terms of television and radio coverage of this weekend's TFC game. One other issue I wanted to touch on, and we brought it up, Danielle Emmanuel, and I, in our TSC, uh, Toronto FC HQ on TorontoFC.ca and YouTube, um, the whole idea of who's the MVP of this league. And for me, and I know that you disagree with me because you said, we need to talk about this today. <laughs> this was no disrespect to Sebastian Javinko in the season that he's had. But I look at Bradley Wright Phillips in New York with the Red Bulls, the first place team in the Eastern Conference, for him to score 23 goals on the season and none of them have come from the penalty spot. Six of them have game, been game winners. For me, that screams MVP. His contributions have been huge this season for the Red Bulls. He's my MVP. I have Javinko in second place in terms of my voting. Now, it hasn't been signed, sealed, and delivered because I want to see what happens in the final game of the can season. I go now? Year. Let, Let me, me go. Go ahead, <laughs> Have at it. Make the case for Seba. And I think a good one can be made. I think Bradley
1: Wright-Phillips is my golden ball winner. He, of course he, he is. He's your leading goal scorer, but he's not your MVP. I think if you ask any single player in this league, any single coaching member who the best player is is jovinko i know he missed five games through injury and that means his goals his assists are a little bit down um but every time he's played he's been incredible he's been the best player on the field he creates stuff out of nothing he scores he is the most valuable player he is the best player in this league but hence mvp for
0: me there is a difference. You're not going to get an argument for me. He is the best player in the if league. If you're building a team, or you could, if I you're know. starting from scratch, who do you best, pick? Uh, Sebastian Yovinko, 10 out of 10 times. But who had the better season? That's not what I'm asking. I Who's think the best player? Bradley Wright
1: Phillips is the best goal scorer in this league, and Kleshtian has put someone on an absolute plate for him. But is
0: he the best player in the league? Most you valuable know, player? This season, he's had an MVP season, but he's not the best player if you were to ask if you were to ask me who's the best player in this league Sebastian Javinko it's a no brainer and that's your criteria
1: for yeah, I get, most a most valuable player just crown
0: who the best player and most valuable player no but not the best player this year I think the, be, the player who has meant most to his team who's been the best player for the 2016 season has been Bradley Wright Phillips if I was to start a franchise if I was to use a hypothetical who's the best player overall in the league it's Seba all day every day you know what I mean? There's, there's a little bit of a difference there. Fair, fair just point. Tw- tw- none of his goals have come from the penalty spot. Yeah. For a player to lead the league in goal scoring and none of them have come from the spot, that's a, quite the accomplishment. We've seen it, the job that he's done against Toronto this year, up close and personal. He's just such a force. You could have buried a, a couple like of those him. goals, but... You know what? I'm so happy for him. But a lot of players
1: in this league don't. I I played with him in in Man City's academy. I I know him well. It's great to see him come to prominence, come out of Sean Wright Phillips' shadow. Um, It's not easy. His career since coming to the MLS at 29 Mm. has come good, and he he deserves all the plaudits he gets. Um, He's a fantastic goal scorer, but is he... Able to create a goal on his own? No, I don't think but so. That, that, but if you if, if you ask me
0: who the best player in the league is, he's probably not even he's probably not I'm not even sure he's in my top ten. Like yeah. I like Diego Valeri a lot more. I like Giovanni DeSantos. Like I can go down yeah. the list of other players that I'd rather have on my team. I'm just talking about the outstanding season that he's had. I'd give MVP to Clush over Bradley. Okay. Okay. You can share your thoughts uh at Wheeler TSN at Terry Dunfield anything else Terry am I missing oh the one thing I wanted to bring up the Gardner Expressways closed this weekend for maintenance this is going to be an absolute nightmare getting down to the game stay north of the stadium don't take the highway take transit if you're coming from That's within I was. The city, you just told everyone how north. I'm coming thanks <laughs> But I, I need to give people the heads up because...
1: Oh, I just want to say one thing quickly too. Yesterday, um, since coming back six months ago, I've, I've been lucky. I've gone out to a lot of the soccer clubs and watched some training sessions and I saw possibly the worst soccer drill put on. I won't say what club or coach. I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but okay, what was get on the, this. What was the
0: drill? So he
1: wanted to show me, I don't know whether he was trying to impress me that you know our team's Well, hard and we're tough. We're not these pansy Canadians. We get stuck in. So he said, this is how I warm my team up. This is before the warm-up or anything. So he's 16 players. He splits them in eight. No size differential. I'm not even going to try. So anyway, splits them in eight, 10 yards apart, and in the middle, he puts a soccer ball, and he stands to the side, puts his whistle in his mouth, and he says, this is how we warm up. So he blows his whistle. What you do is each player... Runs five yards and block tackles the ball in the middle of the pitch. Block tackles like opens up their medial and just goes whack in the middle. So he blows his whistle and they just run in and they like just try to kick the ball before. And you see players like just holding their knees. They go to the back of the line.
0: What I've never, (laughs) it was incredible. I've never seen. I I don't even know what the. They explain it well enough.
1: You understand what it is.
0: You're running at the ball and trying to win a tackle before the other guy gets there. But they're both like going with
1: their instep, completely opening up their medial ligaments. I know, just opening d- it up uh, yeah. and getting stuck in. And I'm just shaking my head, and he's like, "Yeah, well, in son." And this, so at one point, this big is center he a half, former like American uh, football uh, coach. Uh, what is, that I, seems like uh, a
0: drill that you do on an NFL before team before
1: even warm. Uh, and these guys are just running it. and this big center half's going up against this little winger and you can
0: see the little winger going "Oh, please I don't want to do
1: that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely gets put up in the air
0: and, wow yeah okay so. maybe you should say his name yeah <laughs> I <can't do> that. <laughs> I'm kidding uh, listen looking forward to our radio call this weekend it's going to be Me a fun too. day at BMO Field um, it's the final game regular season game of an historic year for the franchise, the best year in club history. Hopefully, there's a proper atmosphere, a not proper to, not celebration. To jinx it,
1: going over, looking at the two teams, I think there's a lot of goals in this game yeah. as well. I hope so too. Prediction? I'm going to go for four or five nil Toronto. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think I think there's a little bit of frustration. Three nil.
0: I think if they get an early goal, Chicago will
1: open up, and that's the last thing Chicago wants. I to hope do. a
0: clean sheep because there's been a lot of cheap goals conceded in recent weeks. I think that's important for the playoffs, but uh, um. Execution in front of goal, just a little bit of uh, of class in, in 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 the attacking third. I agree with It'll you. Be welcome. I, I think
1: the team, even though the form's not been great uh, with wins, I, th- I think they have been playing really well. There's yeah. so many positives. We want to see it all come this. together. A- and rewarded. I think that this is where it will all come yeah. together. And you know what? Uh, I think Michael Bradley and Greg Vanney and and the right characters have spoken well to the media that you know mm-hmm. what we are if we keep playing like this we are going to be okay
0: just another note uh, we're having like a media day on Monday so looking forward to that coverage leading into the postseason and a potential game uh, the first playoff game ever at BMO Field Wednesday and Thursday go to Ticketmaster go to torontofc.ca you want to be there get out and support your boys Terry great stuff today looking forward to carrying this on likewise thanks for having we me we held up the torch high in Devang Stead we miss you Devang already I just Some coffee out for you to find. (laughs) (laughs) I am Gareth Wheeler, mind the equipment, Terry. And this is being come on, you Reds.